Break the Ice podcast is presented by Superfood. Superfood Performance Nutrition has made a name for itself by feeding athletic organizations like the Washington Capitals both on and off the ice. If you have a high-performance team that needs fueling, check out mysuperfd.com for more information. Hey everyone, Mike Vogel here for WashingtonCaps.com with another edition of Break the Ice, sponsored by Superfood and joined by Caps right wing Tom Wilson as the the Caps uh, plow through training camp here in preparation for the start of the 2023-24 season. And honestly, I think the biggest news, um, arguably the biggest news here in these parts over the offseason was you signing a seven-year contract extension uh, to stay here in Washington. And you, you'd said all along you wanted to be here, you wanted to stay here, told your agent just get it done and you weren't going to play hardball. And true to your word, that's exactly how it played out. The one thing I was wondering is, you know, when, when you go to the NHL draft, you, you've got 30 possible outcomes as to where your career is going to land, where you're going to end up. I want to know what made this the place that you wanted to stay. You know, you, you've been here for 10 years. You've obviously got a good handle on the area. What made you want to stay here as opposed to testing the waters out there next summer? And second part of the question is, had had your career started in one of those other 29 cities, do you think you'd still feel the same way? Yeah, it's a great question. Obviously, the, the for the stars to align and to end up in Washington, D.C. was a kind of a complete fluke as a as an 18 19 year old kid it's up in the air you get you get taken by a city and I've been so fortunate to be here for for 10 11 years now and have made it home so there's so many different things that uh, go into you know why I love it here um, but first of all it's just such a great organization um, you know it's first class from the top to the bottom everybody in the organization are just great people it's it's run the right way um and i've seen that throughout my career so that 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 was a big thing you know the people the relationships just up through the entire organization is, is first class so as far as the hockey and the and the business side of it it's it's amazing and then from there you know the city the fans the balance of everything life off the ice um is just exactly kind of what I was looking for and I've, I've made it kind of home the last little while. So, uh, you know, I take great pride playing here. Um, I've kind of grown up here. The fans have, have been amazing. They've always had my back and I, I love playing in front of them. I love playing in DC and, you know, I didn't even want to, I didn't want to test the waters. I didn't want to go anywhere else. Um, and you know, the grass isn't always greener. You know, I, I love it here. I know I love it here. And for me is why, why ever leave and, try try something else you, you know I, I got a good thing going here and um can't really imagine having to put on another uniform and come back and play against these guys so it uh, it all worked out but you know my, my family my, my wife my my dog you know we've we've been here a while now and, and we're comfortable here and and we love this city so it was uh it was an easy decision for me but let's go back to that you know 10 years ago right now you were trying to make this team as as a, a first year pro um but 11 years ago, you're you're getting ready for the uh, for the NHL draft. You were playing for Plymouth of the OHL, and I know that those those couple of seasons were were abbreviated because of injury. Those those I think 
couple of seasons leading up to your your draft year, but you'd also won gold in the uh, the Holinka and the under seventeens. Like you'd yep. you'd had a put together a pretty good resume. Just wondering, especially looking back on it now, what were your thoughts like when you were going through the the combine in Buffalo and you you and your family were going to Pittsburgh and you know and and anything was possible as far as how your career unfolded. What do you think about now when you think back to, to those days? Gosh, it was such a crazy experience. It was such a whirlwind. I mean, for as an 18-year-old kid going through the combine and not knowing where you were going to go, I could have been anywhere from, you know, 10th overall to 45th. Like, I was, uh, it was a wide range. I didn't know exactly where I was going to be picked. So I had to talk to every team. I had 30 interviews in two days at the combine and then another bunch of interviews at the draft. And you're going in and your nerves, you just it's just constant nerves. Like, you're going into these situations, you have no, no idea what to expect. And it's kind of sink or swim as a, as a young kid. So I just tried to go out there and, and do, do my best, um, be myself. And I still remember conversation. I had probably five interviews at the draft in Pittsburgh and Washington was one of them before the, the day before the draft. And Ross Mahoney met me in the lobby of the, of the hotel and I was going up to meet George McPhee and the rest of the, the brass. And he just said, Hey, calm down. We love, we love you as a player. We love you as a person kind of be yourself um, George, George loves you and you're an honest player. So we're, we're not going to ask any hard hitting questions here. We just want to chat and get to know you. And I remember that pretty vividly, just how they made me feel, um, comfortable kind of from day one. And it, you know, it just happened that I was able to get selected by them, knew nothing about Washington DC. Um, and obviously kind of the rest is history. It's been a, it's been an amazing journey. And it's, it's pretty cool how it all played out too. And, you know, even 10 years into the league, people talk about you having sort of a unicorn set of skills. You're, you're a unique player in the NHL. And I, I find it fascinating that just the way you broke into the NHL is, is kind of a unicorn situation too, where you, you made your NHL debut in the Stanley Cup playoffs, which that's, that's rare, but it's not as rare as making your NHL debut in the Stanley Cup playoffs without ever having played even a preseason game and, and doing it as, as a teenager. Um, when you think back to that situation, your brothers and your dad coming down here, hustling down here to see the game, and actually I think it was just one brother because yeah. if I remember right, your mom yeah. held your other brother to a, a prom date that, that he had uh, yeah. set up that obviously couldn't, she didn't want him to, to, to have to change that out. But, I mean, in those two games in the playoffs, just a few minutes of ice time, but the one thing that everybody remembers is you, you know, losing a blade there and having to, having to kind of hobble back to the bench over, you know, under the, the spotlight of national television and all that. Yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a crazy couple of weeks. We got knocked out in junior. I think we lost to, to Hunter's Knights in kind of the conference final. And then we went up to, I went up to Hershey right. for a little bit, played three games. My first AHL game, um, I came out of, a, out of the box on a coincidental matching penalty. Puck squirted out the back on a rebound, and I scored a goal with, uh, to go up one with like three minutes left in the game. Um, and I thought I just scored kind of the series-clinching goal. And then they ended up scoring three goals in two minutes, beat us. And then we went to Providence. They beat us again. So we got we got knocked out. And then I got called up and, uh, you know, got called into to George's office with with Otsi and George. And they said, hey, we, you know, we think we're, we're going to play tomorrow night. And from there, it was just a scramble. I had to get, you know, family into town. And 
that first night, Mike Ribeiro scored the overtime winner, um, and I kind of had a front row seat to that. wasn't playing a whole lot, but just taking it all in. And, you know, there's there's times where you get to sit there, and, you know, it's it truly is a dream come true. And, uh, you know, it's kind of I made, I made it moment, and, and you try and soak it all in and just enjoy it because, you know, that – those that first year those first couple of games it's it's why it's why you grow up putting in all the work and you know backyard ring dreaming of doing that one day it's pretty cool when you get to realize that moment and and be there and watching all the guys you grew up um watching kind of do that do their thing on the ice uh, as a teammate it's uh it was pretty cool so thinking back on it, it it's pretty crazy how it's how it's kind of flown by but you know from day one in dc there there hasn't been any bad days it's just been it's been a lot of fun it's been a great group of guys from day one took me in showed me the way as a young guy and um pretty thankful for for everybody that i've got to play with and and be coached by along the way and then 10 years ago right now you're trying to make the uh the opening night roster and adam Oates's first full season first first season behind uh the washington bench and that was coming off of that shortened Lockout season, there were a, a yeah. bunch of you kids trying to make the team. Connor Carrick and you were both 19-year-olds who yeah. made that opening night roster. Um, but when you think back to that, not knowing whether you were going to be in Washington or going back to Plymouth, and, and it, it's really obvious in hindsight, I think the reasoning behind keeping you here, even though you weren't going to be playing a lot, um, but, but what was that like? As that camp wore on, and and then once you did land on the team, I mean, you're still 19 years old playing with a you know a bunch of guys who are well older, and the Caps found you a a billet family to stay with for that that first yeah. season. And I thought one of the coolest things of many cool things at your your Cup Day celebration was the presence of of your billet family there. Yeah, that that first year, I mean, it's a lot as a kid. You're going into new rinks every night. Um, you're going into every day just trying to show up and, and be, be there the next day. So I remember a couple of the older players in the league in the summer told me, you know, if you have if you have two or three fights and two or three goals in your first preseason, it's going to be hard for them to send you away. And I, I, was, I had something like that, and they decided to keep me for opening night. And from there, you just do something every night to try and stand out and for me, that was kind of going out and playing playing hard. That's kind of the, the role that they needed at that time in, in Washington. And from there, it's just you have a lot of fun. It, you know, you're a kid playing in the NHL, and I'm, I was living with a billet family. They were they were great and, and so nice of them to kind of take me into their home. Um, you know, the fridge, is, the fridge is stocked. I don't have to worry about cooking as many, as many meals as I would if I was kind of living on my own. But um, the whole year was a blast. Um, got to play a bunch of games, and you learn so much, you know, I could have been back in junior maybe, but, you know, practicing with these guys every day, playing against these guys, um, you learn, you learn a ton and, and you really have to adapt to the, to the best league in the world. And, you know, maybe you're not playing a ton of minutes, but you can still learn a ton. And I tried to use, use every second on the ice and in practice with those guys to just be ready for, for my shot when I got a little bit more opportunity. And it's been 10 years in the league now and, you can see the progression. It, it was gradual, but you, you could see it every year. You getting better, and like you said, every game I think you've ever played in the NHL, you're, you're out there trying to make an impact, trying to have an, have an effect on the game. I just feel like now you have more ways of doing that than, than you did back in September, October of, of 2013. What went into adding all those elements to your game? And I, I feel like 
a lot of them were there. They they just maybe bubbled under because you weren't getting you weren't playing with the the same type of people you are now, and you weren't you definitely weren't getting the ice time. You're probably getting about half the ice, even less. But how did those skills come to the fore? How much of it was you just just your dedication to to conditioning and such off the ice and and your drive to be a better player, and how much of it was Matt Nickel, uh, any coaching that, that you may have received along the way? Yeah, there's definitely a bunch of people along the way um, th- that helped me, helped me a ton. Um, I think confidence is a big part of it. Um, I think, you know, coaches, you know, Barry gave me the opportunity to go up and play with, with Ovi and Nikki. Um, for a couple weeks and and then I went back down to play kind of third fourth line role and then he'd bring me back up give me a few more games get my feet wet with those guys and you know you just start making plays and you figure out how to how to work with those guys and the ball kind of keeps rolling from there but there was times in my career you know I was 15 years old I had a growth spurt and I needed a skating coach so I went and found a, a skating coach and a skills guy that I think I mean without him I don't think I would be I'd be playing in the NHL and you know skating's a strong suit of mine now and so there's different points throughout your career where you need to depend on people around you and I was so lucky to have a, an amazing support system and coaches that would give me that opportunity Laner came in and he said you know I want you to play on the penalty kill and that was another kind of a feather in my cap that I could go out and feel like I'm having an impact on a game if I'm playing you know eight minutes even strength and I go out and I have a huge part of a big penalty kill that gives you a little bit of confidence as a player um, you earn a little bit of respect from your teammates and, and that just keeps keeps building so you know over the course of five, six years there, you know, you get a little bit of responsibility, you get a little bit of opportunity, you try and make the most of it and, and you grow as a player. So, you know, I, I think for me, I, I always kind of depended on my, my work ethic to kind of get me there, but to have coaches and teammates and people along the way to help me and help me grow as a player was, was essential. And, you know, the timing of everything and a little bit of luck goes into it. And, um, you know, for Nikki and, and, and Ovi to, to bring me under their wing and pass me the puck and have fun playing with me out there was, I mean, it wasn't a given, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta earn the respect of your teammates first and, and your line mates. And that's just kind of what I tried to do. And you're the middle of three brothers, middle one of three brothers and your dad. I mean, I enjoy spending time with all the dads on the dad's trip, but your dad is, is one of my favorites. He's such a, a student of the game and we always have, great conversations i gotta think that that just that that sort of middle brother thing and and having the dad the family that you have and i think i remember too back from when you were drafted that steve thomas was was maybe a a little bit of a factor as well was was he like a family friend or something yeah he was he was a family friend um his son is a couple years older than me christian christian yeah who was here here with us for a little bit um just an awesome family steve's steve's one of the best in the game um you know always kind of lent lent some advice or whatever whatever my family needed at the time um obviously my dad was from the very beginning coaching me and built a backyard rink for us when I was kind of two years old. My other bro- my older brother was seven years old, and we'd go out on the backyard rink and we'd just play all night. And then my little brother came along, and there was three of us. And you know, you look back at this every step of your life and your your career, and everything has to go right. You know, every kid in Canada wants to play in the NHL. It's so competitive, and it's just a part of our culture up there. And I, I think if you remove any of those 
any of those things, you know, those intangibles, I'm maybe not in the NHL. So having an older brother to chase, having a younger brother to push you, having a dad that's, you know, flooding the rink for you in, in extreme temperatures and having a mom that's willing to do whatever to get you to practice and, and work and, and all that. It, it's, you know, you're pretty fortunate to have a support system like that that can get you where you need to be. And it's one of the, my favorite parts is being able to share that with them now, you know, when they come into town for a game or we go play in Toronto or a winter classic or a Stanley cup, you know, being able to share that with my family is what makes it all worth it for me. I think one of the cool things too, is you, you essentially were who you are way back. Like you go back to your Plymouth days, you were runner up for hardest working player one year and you were best student. <laughs> one year, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, too. I mean, what goes into that, be, being the best student when you, you've got all that other stuff going on? Yeah, I had, uh, I think my mom, when I, I said to my mom when I got drafted to, to Plymouth, first of all, we had no idea where Plymouth, Michigan was. <laughs> I could have been drafted 40 minutes away to Mississauga yeah. or Brampton or Oshawa. There's probably six teams in the greater yeah. Toronto area. Anyways, I get drafted to the U.S., uh, Plymouth, Michigan, and I said to my mom, like, hey, I, I want to go. I, I'm going. I, like, I'm ready to try and, you know, make this my career and play hockey and go get go achieve my dream. And she said, but, you know, you have to keep your grades up. That was a, that was a condition that, uh, you know, it was a must. And I went in there and I wasn't going to let, you know, bad grades uh, get in the way. So that was just something along the way that I had to, I had to do. And, um, you know, there was some, there was some late nights where you, you depend on other, uh, other students in class to, to get you up to speed. Um, I had some great buddies in Plymouth and just managing all that as a teenager, you go into Owen sound on a Wednesday night, you get back at three thirty in the morning, you're going to class at seven fifteen was our first hour in Plymouth. And you're just, it's just adrenaline, you know, you just, you're just doing it and you're and you're loving it and you're playing junior hockey um and it all it all worked out what was the room like in the in those days in 2013 when you were you were breaking in it was it was a little bit like this year in that there was a new coach um new systems all that kind of stuff so one of those one of those training camps where everyone was kind of on the same same footing everyone was trying to make a new impression a good impression on on the new staff but um there were a lot of good guys in that in that room who I think were were pretty good for for young bucks like yourself and Michael Lotta and Connor Carrick and such. Yeah, I mean the the core group of people uh, in Washington, the players that uh, you know that first team that I came into with, you know it was Eric Fair, it was Jay Beagle, it was Alzi, it was John Carlson, it was a bunch of guys that had been in Hershey together and won. Um, a Calder Cup, and they were kind of the core group of um, Washington. And then obviously there was the next tier of, you know, the, the superstars with Backy and Ovi and I think Grabo and Grabowski and stuff like that were there. And there were some different individual pieces. Um, but, I, you know, as a young guy coming in, there wasn't one day where I felt uncomfortable. There wasn't one day where I felt like I didn't belong. There wasn't one day where I wasn't laughing and from the very start, it was just a, it was such an amazing experience. And that comes down to the, the staff and that comes down to the organization that comes down to the players and teammates. And, and that's, you know, when we talked about why I wanted to be here, that's kind of how it's been every day kind of since it's just, it's fun to come to the rink. Guys want to win. There's a winning identity. There's a winning culture. Um, you expect a lot of each other, but you have each other's back. And from day one, all those guys um, were, were there for me and, and made me feel comfortable as a, as a young buck kind of coming in. How different is life now for you um, during the season 
when you, Joel Ward. Joel Ward was a big one. Yeah, can't forget Wardo. He yeah. was a big, big role role model for me. Sorry to cut no, you no, off, not at all. I I got all <laughs> I got all day for Wardo. Yeah. Um, how different is his life now for you during the season when you know you're those early days, those first four years, you had to at least be ready for the possibility of a scrap pretty much every night. You, you had people, you know, trying to trying to build a reputation on, on taking you on. Um, and, and that's obviously that the, the reputation is still there, but you don't have to, to back it up so much anymore. Just wondering, and obviously you're, you're spending more time on the ice, less time in the box, but just, how much of a difference is that where you're you're not pulling up YouTube and looking at three guys who who might you might have to scrap with the night before a game? Yeah, a, lo- a lot has changed and a lot goes into it. Um, you know, as my game evolved, there was a few times where a guy asked me to fight, and I would think about it and I'd say no, and I'd score a goal in the next shift. And I think like, hey, if I was sitting in the box for five, six, seven, eight, nine minutes. You lose a lot of opportunity to have an effect on the game um, in an offensive way or in a, in a potentially positive way. So there's always times in a game where it may be appropriate. There's times where you got to pick your spots. I think I had coaches along the way that had conversations with me like, hey, pick your spots, pick your moments, depending on the, the momentum of the game or the situation. Um the first year you know that was that was my way to make noise that was my way to go out there and have an impact on the game if it was a if it was a dull game and we needed a spark at home or whatever I'd go out and I'd hit somebody and fight and the building would go crazy it would hopefully turn the momentum um but as I as I you know went forward in my career there was different ways for me to be able to help the team I didn't necessarily just want to be in the box the whole time so I think Erski at some point along the way told me you know it has to be you can't just give in to what the other guy wants. It has to be on your own terms. It has to be right for you too. It has to be right for your team. So if there's another guy asking you to fight or whatever, yes, there's times to do it. And yes, there's, but it has to be good for you too, because you may need, you may be in a position in the game where you're playing great. You're scoring goals. You're, you're having an effect on the game in different ways that that guy asking you may not be doing. So you want to make sure it's a good trade. That being said, if one of your teammates gets kind of, pulled over and you need to step up and, and jump in there you, you kind of have to do that as well one of the cool things i think about the way your career has played out is that your your kind of your coming out party was during the to a certain extent was during the caps run to the cup in in 2018 but i mean really you, you could dial it back a year before that when you scored the game winner in overtime here against Toronto in in the first round. And I remember the call, the, the Toronto call was, was not flattering. It was something yeah. like Tom Wilson, of all people. Yeah. My favorite part of that whole episode was your grandfather the next day, I think, going to his, his golf club in Toronto. And and you you can pick up the story here, but I, I love the way that story ended, again, on, on your uh, your cup day. Yeah, I mean, he he's probably my biggest fan. He's 95 now. He's still swinging the clubs. Uh, just a, just an inspiration and, and a great person. So he's been there every step of the way supporting me, and he's at all the games in Toronto. He's always wearing his Caps jersey that says Grampy on the back. So when we won that first game in Toronto and I was taking some flack from the other team's coach and the media and all that, I think he showed up to a very old, exclusive kind of strict dress code golf club wearing the, the rock in the red with the Caps jersey 
jersey and I think he may have got a letter from the board saying that's inappropriate conduct for uh for dress code and you know he would razz all his buddies about you know calling me and saying hey you know take take it easy on the Leafs and that's part of growing up in that market is there's it's you know you're under the spotlight so it was fun to go back there and, and have a great series and uh i think my my grampy my friends and family they all they all really enjoyed that and and he got to wear that legitimately yeah. wear that sweater yeah at the club when we uh, brought the cup back to the, the, cup the club he was they gave him a, a a pass on the on the rules so it was very cool to see um one of the uh one of the other things about your career that's interesting to me is as time has gone by, you've taken on some, some uh, player association responsibilities. You're, you're a guy who works out with a, a, a really broad group of players in the offseason in Toronto, the, the, still the hockey hotbed, I think, of the, of the NHL. And so you, you're, you're kind of in touch and plugged in around, around the league I'm wondering how that progression has been for you, and how how dedicated are you to those um, those PA type of issues, and and um, how much do you want to be involved with that that going forward? Yeah, I mean the the game of hockey. There's so many good people in the game of hockey, and and you know the people in Toronto and the players that I that I grew up working out with and playing against, you know, they had a, a great effect on, on my career in a positive way as well. They, they pushed me in the off season. They kind of showed me what it was going to be like, or told me what it was going to be like in the NHL. And you meet so many great people and um, you play, it's such a small world. You play with and against guys all the time. And, and yeah, Washington, the caps, all those guys I mentioned, you know, Holtz and all these amazing people here, but there's also amazing people that you compete against, and there's there's so many good people around the game of hockey that pushed me to be better. Um, and, and when it comes to the the PA, I think a lot of that stuff's important. Um, you got to keep moving the, the game in the right direction, and there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes to, to try and you know make life better for the players and and the league and the PA. Obviously, have a certain relationship, but there's always an element of looking out for your teammates and the guys on this side of the business. Cause it, it is a business at times. And I didn't necessarily come into the league looking to do that, but I think Chimmer roped me into it. My first couple of years said, you got to help me with the PA stuff. And it kind of fell into my lap a little bit. So you try and have your, your teams back a little bit and, and fight for the things that matter for the players. And there's, there's a lot of good people around the game. And, and that's something that I kind of enjoy a lot. One of the one of the best things for me about playing hockey is the relationships, the players, the people, and all the all the fun guys that you get to hang out with and meet along the way. The PA stuff's really important, I think, given the history of it. It's it's had a lot of ups and downs going back to the the 1950s when Ted Lindsay was was one of the first and most vocal guys trying to trying to get it off off the ground in the first place. But y- you alluded to that group, that workout group in the offseason. Those guys are kind of your offseason teammates, but obviously they're from different teams are from scattered all around the league. Just wondering like once the season's going on and you run into those guys, maybe tussle with them a little bit or e- even, you know, they tussling with each other. There's got to be a text group between all you guys where you, you, you <laughs> sort of keep up with, with that sort of thing yeah. uh, as the season wears on. I mean, it's always funny for the, for the fans to kind of, to hear that, but, um, you know, a guy that was older than me at the gym, a veteran player, Wayne Simmons, uh, in Toronto, and the guy that kind of played my style, and I think I've fought him four or five times uh, when he was in Philly, and 
he was a guy that was instrumental in, in showing me the work ethic and what it would take to, to play in the NHL. And he's had such an amazing career. Um, so there's guys like that, that you go and you work out together and you support each other. But when that puck drops, it's hockey at the end of the day. And, and that's why we love it. There's, there's no friends out there and you battle and you leave it all on the line. And that's the, that's a respect level that you can't just make up when you go out and you battle against someone, you leave it on the line. I think there's almost even more of a respect between the two Absolutely. individuals. And I've always, you know, been on the line throughout my career. I've always rode the line on, you know, maybe crossing the line or right on the line. And that's, that's the type of player I've always been. But, you know, at the end of the day, you go back to Toronto, you see a guy at, out at a restaurant or a bar, you know, it, it's a game at the end of the day and there's so many great relationships. You know, I, I always make sure that you can go up and shake the guy uh, and look him in the eyes and give him a hug and, and uh, move past it. So leave it all out on the ice, but there's a lot of good people out there that, you know, that's why we all love the game is because you can go out there, leave it on the line, and then after you're, you're still buddies and you can still push each other to be better. Earlier in the conversation when we, when we were talking about your contract extension, you, you mentioned about the grass not necessarily being greener elsewhere. But th- through your relationships with all these guys and conversations, I'm sure you guys talk shop. Which which coaches are are good guys, good coaches, which situations around the league are, are good, which ones stay at better hotels, all those kind of things. Is is that did that at all hearing some of those stories and did that at all have any impact into realizing for yourself that you know what the situation in Washington is pretty good yeah I mean there's there's no doubt um that there's other great places to play around the league and you hear you hear it through different individuals and and former teammates that have moved on to other places there's always something about Washington that guys that end up leaving here they miss it and and you know Brett Connolly, Chandler Stevenson, all these guys go on. You know, Stevie's in a great spot. He's in Vegas, but he's always like, you know, it was great in Washington. He had fun here, and it's a great group of guys. So Devo, all these guys that came at different points of their career, and they were welcomed in. I think it starts with Ovi. You welcome them in. You feel like a team, and you get the best out of the individual. So guys like playing here for sure. I think a lot of guys miss it when they move on. Um, but I think that's it's about the people, it's about the fans, it's about the city, it's about the organization. And yeah, you know, when I when I sign my deal, you get some messages from guys around the league, I'm not going to name names, and they say, "Hey, would have loved for it to be here, but congrats on yeah. the deal." And um, that's the fun part about the game. And you know, at LA, the rumors of LA and Ottawa and all this stuff was coming out. And it, uh, you know, you don't, you don't try to think about it too much. You just move past it. And I knew I loved it in, in DC and I wanted to win games here. So just kind of focus on that. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like there was nothing to some of that, but when you start reading, you know, LA, you, you maybe some other cities, were you starting to wonder if there was maybe some, some fire to all the smoke that was out there? You and how unsettling wonder. was that? Yeah, you wonder. Um, I had confidence, um, you know, in my in my position in in Washington for sure. And you have conversations, but there was times where I had to text my agent and say, like, "Hey, what's what's going on here?" Usually, when there's smoke, there's there's fire, um, and I'm sure there was calls kind of you know going around, but you know, Mac would go out and try and put it to bed as quick as possible. And I always appreciate the 
the public support that the that the organization has given me i mean you don't that's 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 not a given and it's not you can't take that for granted when obviously i go out and i try and leave it all on the line for the organization but when they reciprocate that give you a deal of that standard and that term and you know publicly kind of go out and and have your back um it, it means a lot to the player and just another reason why why i love playing here you've given back to here um you were the team's Clancy Trophy nominee in, I think, 2018-19. You're involved with 43's Friends, So Kids Can, the Make-A-Wish uh, Foundation, and Wolf Trap Animal Rescue, you and Taylor both. Um, and I know you got Hallie from, from there, too. Um, wh- why is that so important to you to to be part of those those initiatives? Yeah, I think the first couple of years in the league, you you're kind of just focused on hockey, and you and you need to make sure that you're doing your job and that you can establish yourself in the league. And it's a whirlwind, and there's a lot of new coming at you, and it can be overwhelming. But you know, once you once you settle in um, and you learn about the city, you grow as a person. You kind of growing up with the city here in DC. You know, you feel a lot of pride towards that, and and then as you get older, you realize the opportunity that you have to be able to give back, and it's a huge privilege to be in our position to be able to have a positive impact on on kids that are maybe having a tough go, or or you know, with Make a Wish, you meet some amazing kids, and they're just having a tough go. They're they're wise beyond their years, but you can you can have a fun game uh, or a fun night at a hockey game, and and host them and give them a tour of the room, and it goes a long way, and um. You know that's that's so important to me and my wife and the city has given us so much that for me it's like it's a no-brainer i want to be able to give back i want to do what i can to to help the communities um that have that have given me so much and made me feel so loved and, and welcomed so you know whenever there's an opportunity to do that obviously it's a busy year but i try i try and get out and and uh be there for for people that need it and uh it's uh it's it's pretty cool. It's a it's a cool feeling when you can when you can interact with those those communities and see the see the impact that it has. Before Vegas came into the NHL in 2017-18, had you spent any time in that city vacationing or go out there with buddies or anything like that? No. I I they kind of came in as I kind of came um of I mean I was probably of age a couple of years before they came in, but maybe one maybe one time I was out there before they before they came into the league. So you've had some some fun times in Vegas since. Obviously, none better than than the night of June seventh, twenty eighteen. But I mean, you got that all star trip a couple of years later with your again your brothers being able to to make it out for <laughs> yeah. that, which I thought was really cool. You know, a last minute uh, thing, but uh, and, and just this past. I mean, what earlier this month you yeah. you were out there for the the NHL media tour. How has I always joke that. I never even bothered to go out in Vegas anymore because I already had the best night I'm ever going to have in that city. <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of stay it. in my room yeah. now. But yeah. but you've had you've managed to have a couple of really good times there. What what is that city when you think about it now and and the you know special events that you've you've been involved in there? What does it mean to you? Yeah, I mean obviously it's it's such a crazy city. Um, it's one of the the biggest you know party cities in the world, and it gets a lot of attention and. Um, that being said, when we f- when I fly in there now and I land there, it just has it has a special feeling to me and to my family. And I've been lucky to have some amazing um, parts of my career just happen there. Um, and it started with the the Stanley Cup being able to celebrate there with you know that that's 
that's the top of the mountain when you're there and it happened in Vegas. Um, and then a couple years later you get to go to an all-star game and, and share that with my brothers and my family and go have fun with some of the other players around the league and go out there with Koozie and have fun in the game and win that. We ended up winning that little tournament. Um, and then the, every time you get back to Vegas now, there's just a cool feeling and, um, my brothers, my brothers love it. And it has nothing to do with the, with the craziness of the town. It just for some reason that just seems to be a spot where good things happen for 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 the caps for me for for some of my teammates so it's been really fun and it's a cool place when you can get to your hotel and open up the the, the drapes in the window and look over it and you, you just it's a cool feeling for sure you know? you spent the first five years of your career leading up to that that cup win and the last five years you know trying to trying to get back there what what do you, when when you think back on that night and that that season and that playoff run, what do you think about and what goes into getting back there in the, in the next five years, making it happen again? Yeah, a lot goes into it. A lot has to go right. People don't understand how, or maybe they do understand how hard it is to win. Um, it's truly one of the hardest trophies in all of sports to win. The, the commitment from each player, the discipline that goes into it, the bumps and the bruises and the injuries and the grind, um, there's really nothing like it, which is what makes it so good at the end for, for guys. It's just that relief and that joy that overcomes you. You've really had to work for it. So, you know, that year we were such a close group of guys and you just felt each guy, you really wanted it, you were going to depend on the guy next to you. Um, and there was an excitement around that team. Um, so... Each year has its own group, has its own feel. Everyone has a diff, you know, different style to each to each team, um, you know. And we haven't we haven't gotten back to where we want to be. And, and last year we, you got to give yourself. I truly believe if you give yourself, if you get to the playoffs every year, you give yourself yeah. a chance. Um, and the Caps had been in the playoffs ten of fifteen years leading up to it, or whatever always getting to the dance and then there's going to be that year where you come together you rally and you get there and you get your bounces and you get to the finals and you win um and there's other teams around the league that they're great regular season teams over and over and over and they never get to the top of the mountain so first of all you need to have a great season you need to put yourself into the playoffs and then you really hope that you come together as a group and you hit your stride right at the the perfect time of year um there's going to be adversity ups and downs but i'm really excited about the group this year there's a lot of good people there's a coaching staff that comes in that's coming in that has you know you feel the hunger and the passion behind carbs and his staff and you know if you start off on the right foot you play well and you keep the ball rolling you get to the dance you never know so we want to get back to to our identity we want to get back to winning games because that's what kind of caps hockey is last thing before we let you go this is year number 11 in the nhl for you right here coming up you just signed a seven-year extension that kicks in next year. That's 18 years. Ovi's <laughs> starting his 19th year this year. You're going to be younger than, than him. I mean, when you think about that, that, that when it's all said and done, you could wind up being here as long, potentially even longer. What, what, what goes through your head? Yeah, it's tough to compare yourself to a machine like, like Ovi, he's he's so, like something I've never seen before. His power, his athleticism, and, and his drive. Um, it, it's pretty astonishing to think about what he's done. But for me, I mean, it gives me the opportunity to empty the tank in, in D.C. and leave it all on the line, play as long as I can, win as many games as I can, and just enjoy kind of the best job in the world and being in a city that I love. So 
you know, I'll take it day by day. I'll take it year by year and play as long as I can and hopefully follow in, in Ovi's footsteps. Um, but it is, it is truly amazing what he's done and the load that he's carried here and been a superstar in the league for 18, 19 years, scoring 40, 50 goals every year. Uh, he's taking everybody on a pretty amazing ride here and it's just such a, such a cool thing to be a part of and he makes everyone feel so well, you know, included in it. So it's uh, when you think about six, seven, eight years down the road, it's, it's hard to grasp in the moment, but if you put in the work and, you know, you prepare yourself and, and you stay motivated and driven and disciplined, uh, you know, you'll find yourself kind of sticking around and time flies by, but it's, uh, it's been a good run so far and I hope to, to keep it going. Thanks to Tom Wilson for spending some time with us, hanging out here in the uh, Break the Ice studio. Thanks to producer extraordinaire Zach Garrett, and thanks to Superfood for sponsoring. See you next time. Superfood Performance Nutrition fuels the Washington Capitals, players, and staff on and off the ice. Each bite is energy-packed, highly nutritious, and engineered to boost recovery time. When they're not feeding pro athletes, Superfood is bringing the same high-quality nutrition to offices nationwide through their flagship corporate meal program, Simply Lunch. So if you have a high-performance team that needs fueling, check out mysuperfd.com for more information.